0: Your away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Boardman's starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a meter on Ben and O'Connor's hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great battle Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats, not in the black hats. And Gautz has it. I cannot believe he's done that. Gautz in front. the hall. Gautz goes in. The win. Joining me today on the show to go through all things season three of the ISL over in Italy right now <coughs> is our expert analyst slash former world record holder and world champion, Mr. Bobby Hurley. Bobby, mate, how you been?
1: I'm good, Robbie. I wish I was over in Italy in that European summer watching the best swimmers in the world go at it. But uh, the next best thing we can do is talk about it.
0: Mate, don't lie. You're wishing you're over there on those yachts. And what? look, I I see what they're getting up to over there. And they really are living the dream, aren't they?
1: Yeah, the life of a professional swimmer in 2021 looks pretty good. Aside from the hotel quarantine that that the Aussies might have to go through, uh, it's not looking too bad.
0: Yeah, not only that. I think I saw uh, Helena uh, Gas and one of the New Zealand girls um, who's over there. I think she's even struggling to find a way back or how she's getting back. So uh, that might be uh, an issue in the in the future. Hopefully, once COVID you know buggers off, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Into season four, five, and six, uh, mate. Fresh off a, a big interview with Swim, Swim. I saw you. Must have enjoyed that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, I've never chatted to Coleman before, so it was good just to talk about. Just to nerd it up, as we say, um, just to talk about swimming, the Olympics, and and then a few things that I got to, uh, I guess, experience and accomplish in in my coaching career, which is um, which is good to catch up with him.
0: Yeah, for sure. For anyone out there, you know, go have a look at it, go find it. Not just Bobby's, but Swim, Swim. I think do a really good job of. Um you know, having a, a great you know varied sort of um, guests, don't they? It's, you know, it's college swimmers, it's Australian swimmers. They're they're very good at that. Um, that's one thing I, I definitely enjoy about what they do. But anyway, let's move on. Let's get to what we're doing today, mate. And it's the ISL chat. We've missed a couple of um a couple of matches, so we're gonna you know go through today matches five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, let's kick off with match number five. We we sort of spoke about this before we started. Um, the last one, and, and this is one we looked at saying that it was really sort of up for grabs. we sort of taken out Energy Standard. you are taken out Cali Condors into this match, and it was interesting to see where it landed um, for all the viewers out there, all the listeners. Toronto Titans came first with uh, 536 points, LA Current in second. They seem to be pretty consistent, LA Current, I think, at the moment. They're not quite topping the charts, but they're always thereabouts. Uh, DC Tridents and uh, the Ironside finished fourth there. Just looking at the MVP standings, Louise Hansen, she's killing it at the moment. I'm a big fan of hers. Tom Shields did pretty well. Uh, and Rhenomi Kramer with Jojo. I think she had a pretty slick 50 fly as well there.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of action in, in match five. And, and it was going to be good because we're, we're not seeing those two really strong dominant teams, as you mentioned, um, Energy Standard and, and the Cali Condors in there. So this match was up for, for a new team to, to try and get a win a regular season win, and and that went to Toronto, and they're a really balanced team. Um, a lot of depth, especially on their women's women's side and women's relays, where they're quite often in a, in a few events they're coming first and second, um, like they did in the women's 200 backstroke with with Kylie Mass, obviously Olympic medalist there, and Lisa Braddon and um, Louise Hansen. Like you said, the, the Swedish butterfly, she's just absolutely on fire. Fifty five point two to win the uh, to win the hundred fly. It's only a little over half a second off the world record, um, and you'd have to assume that that a swimmer like her, she's an Olympic finalist, um, that she'll get faster as the season progresses, as we get towards uh, the semifinals and the finals. And um, and she was good enough to get the win in the the, the butterfly skins over over Koma with, with JoJo, like you said. So um, Toronto is sort of coming up to challenge probably that that top two, top mm. three clubs. Um, when you throw in uh, London in their London Raw at their best, they've had a couple of good matches recently. And LA Current are, are really consistent in these regular season matches coming seconds and thirds with, with the likes of Tom Shields, who's such a consistent butterfly swimmer across all distances. Um, really, really good and a, and a strong performer on every relay that he swims in. Um, Tomo Havas as well, versatile IM, butterfly, a freestyler. And um, Maddie Wilson, again, got a couple of wins um, for the LA Current. And, um, and Ingrid Wilm is, is a new sort of rising star we're seeing in the, in the women's backstroke. She won all three backstroke races, um, 55.6 in the 100 backstroke. Again, just about 0.7 off the world record. So it's really quick swimming early on. And, and a swimmer like Wilm, she didn't compete at the Olympics. Um, she's not a noted long course swimmer, but really quick underwater. Um, and really good overall three backstroke distances. So the, the women's backstroke actually, as we progress through these matches, there's a, a string of girls that are, that are going 55s, two minutes in the 200. So it wouldn't surprise me to see a world record go down in the next couple of weeks or months.
0: Yeah, 100%. You're right. And obviously Mina Atherton is is there with the London Roar as well. It's exciting to see Toronto Titans but just from a fan's perspective. A fairly new obviously team coming in last year with uh, you know the Tokyo Frog Kings I'm excited to see them stepping up obviously we're starting to see a few teams maybe you know dropping down in terms of you know their point scoring abilities and things like that teams like the Aqua Centurions uh, probably aren't up there so yeah I'm definitely excited to see it as you said Uh, moving on mate to match number six uh, as you can see by my background, I'm a London Raw fan, so I was really excited by this match with the London Raw getting up 529 points ahead of the Cali Condors. Interesting to note, I'm pretty sure Caleb Dressel was not in this um, match, so might have made a bit of a difference there. But hey, a win is a win. Aqua Centurions came third. Tokyo Frog Kings. I mean, God bless Seto. He's doing his best. He's he's absolutely tearing it up over there. But unfortunately. Uh, There's not a lot of depth in that team at the moment. How did you see this one?
1: Yeah, good match. Uh, Match six was probably the most um, entertaining of of the regular season matches we've seen so far. Um, Dressel only raced the first day of competition. So he raced the 100 fly, got the win there. He did the 200 IM, which is an event, especially in short course meters that we haven't, I don't think we've ever seen him do before. Mm. Um, And he very rarely races at long course. Um, I know he's had one or two really good swims um, in yards over that distance. So he did the, the 200 IM and, and he got beaten by Diaseto by two one-hundredths of a second. So they went really quick, 151.1. Um, it's only about half a second off the, the league record. Um, Ryan Lochte's got that world record at 149, which is just absolutely stunning. But um, Dressel didn't race again after that. Uh, he might have done a relay. So they said he pulled out sick. He wasn't feeling well. He's obviously had an incredibly hot start to the regular season so far. Um, so he he scratched the rest of the meat. Um, they did have enough depth to, to replace him in a few other events, but we just saw this to-and-fro battle between the London Raw and the Cali Condors. Um, you know, Cali with with Kelsey Dahlia got the win over Emma McKean in the, in the 100 fly. So for, so for London, we saw McKeon and Kyle Chalmers um, on relay duty, Kyle was. Returning for the London Rawls, so that really bolstered um, their their depth and their point scoring ability, and um, and Lily King went two sixteen in the two hundred breaststrokes. That was a highlight. She's um, you know, about two seconds off that world record, which has stood for for over ten years. So we'll see if, if she can come down closer to Rebecca Sony's two fourteen. And um, for London, you know, the Duncan Scott just an absolute iron man. He, he got three. Uh, four individual wins actually: the 100, 200, and 400 free, the 100 IM, and got third in the 200 IM as well. So even without relay duties, you can see how versatile and how important a guy like Duncan Scott is. And um, and Guido from from Brazil got the win over the world record holder Coleman Stewart in, in the sprint backstroke event, swimming incredibly fast at 34 years old. Is is Guido and and Coleman Stewart actually got disqualified? in the men's 100 backstroke, um, the event, which uh, just a few weeks ago, we broke that world record. They disqualified him for going over 15 meters underwater, which you're not allowed to do. And we know he's such a fast and and dynamic underwater kicker. So those officials are really nailing, um, the swimmers on that 15 meter mark. So I'm not sure if there were a few whispers from the other teams, Mm -hmm. maybe from the London team or the energy standard team to, to the officials to take a, a good look at that. But, um, you know, in an event that was ultimately um, only won by, by London by less than 50 points, um, having, having Coleman Stewart disqualified in that one probably um, impacted the result. And, and in the, uh, the skins events, we'll, we'll talk about the skins, um, Callie Condor's women, Kelsey Dahlia and, and Beda Nelson got first and second in, in that women's skin. So they caught up a lot of points on London there. But in the men's skins were without Dressel. Um, freestyle skins without Dressel. So no Cali Condor actually got past um, the first round and and Nakamura from London ended up winning the men's skins and, and that ultimately won them the match.
0: And I'm glad you bring up so the, the DQ um, because obviously it's really important over there. You know, these are you know, essentially short course world records when they manage to get this, their official time. So we need to make sure as much as it's a TV spectacle and it's exciting to watch and, you know, everyone's over there and then join themselves and, and so they should be. I mean, at the end of the day, these are official times, so we need to make sure these things are, are actually getting done properly as well. I don't know what you've been hearing, but, you know, I think a few times maybe he's he's flirted with that line, as you said, in the past swims that he might not have got picked up for. And, hey, I'm not saying he's, you know, it's only cheating if you get caught, really, and I'm sure he doesn't go out to do it. It's just a matter of he might just overshoot the landing a little bit and, and just pop up, a, a, you know, a bit over it. But, you know, just coming back to it, you know, it is important, though, that we are – you know, officiating these things properly, isn't it? Because as I said, at the end of the day, these are proper world records. This isn't just a fun meet over there. This is this is real stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they, these are these are world class times by by world class swimmers, and and the best underwater kickers don't go over fifteen meters. You know, they know where they are at all times, and they're counting their kicks and they're nailing their breakouts. Like you very rarely see. Um, Well, you never see Dressel get disqualified for going too far underwater or Chad Lacloe or Tom Shields or uh, Kira Toussaint or Minna Atherton, some of these amazing underwater kickers. So um, just on Coleman Stewart, he's he's broke that world record, which was a huge best time in short course meters. He he doesn't often swim this event, but um, he's had it since that world record. He's had a DQ and then in the next match, he goes 49-3 in the 100 backstroke. So he hasn't really gotten within almost within one second of that 48.3 world record that he did since he swam that. So whether, you know, there's some, some mental things going on there um, after the DQ or whether something's happened in his training or whether he's actually putting in hard training right now to try and get that world record again later on in the year. But um, it's quite significant that, that drop off recently from him.
0: Well, as you said, it's sort of something that's been brought up. He's been DQ'd. Maybe it is playing on his mind now. Maybe he's sort of second-guessing himself and what he thought was the right amount of kicks. Maybe he's got to second-guess that. Maybe that is just playing on his mind. Uh, I'm glad you brought up, um, you know, um, Kelsey Dahlia, Duncan Scott. um, These these guys and girls are some of the stars of the ISL at the moment. There's no doubt if you turn on... Um, you know, and watch any match that Cali Condors are in. Um, Kelsey Daly is going to be on your radar. She's swimming phenomenally. And as I said, for for the men's side in London Raw, Duncan Scott, what an iron man. I mean, I'm not going to hold it against him that he's got orange hair and that the the dyeing of the hair didn't go quite as planned as uh it was supposed to and uh and kyle chalmers and zach inserti who died their hair as well actually went and got theirs professionally done just so everyone knows because they speaking to kyle the other day he's like i couldn't get around with orange hair it was just disgusting so i had to go <laughs> get it fixed up properly but hey it's working for duncan he's he's absolutely killing it over there and it's funny because I, I mentioned to you i spoke to duncan before the ISL even kicked off, and he was a bit nervous, saying, "I haven't touched the water in a while, and we'll see how we go." But he seems to be enjoying himself and doing quite well.
1: Yeah, I think he's got his his club coach Steve Ke- Steve Teague is uh, is head coach of London Row this year, and and uh, he might have he might have Steve to blame for the incredible workload that he's gone through. But but like you said, he's winning a lot of races, and he's not swimming slow. So I'm not sure what training he's done since the Olympics, if anything. But um, again, he's one of these swimmers, he's starting off at a high level and you've got to assume that he'll get faster and faster as he gets uh, more race fitness and more aerobic fitness throughout the year. So um, some of these guys, um, for me, it's exciting to watch because we don't, we didn't, before the ISL started, we didn't see them race World Cup events very often or World Short Course. So. Um, we're not used to seeing – we, we did, haven't had a chance to see what Duncan Scott's got to offer over short course meters, you know. Yeah. So can he, get, can he challenge a couple of world records? Um, can he swim the 100, 200 and 400 free im at, at a high level? Um, like we, we very rarely see anybody with this sort of versatility and speed and skill, um, you know, really empty the tank and, and race so often. So it's going to be – he's going to be interesting to watch um, come finals time.
0: Mate, 100 percent. now moving on to match number seven uh, this one had the cali condors toronto titans iron side and the new york breakers uh, the poor old new york breakers they can't they can't catch a break those poor guys uh, just keep on finishing at the bottom, but they are trying their absolute best, no doubt, uh, mate. In this one, obviously, Cali Condors on top, five eighty one. Toronto Titans, very, very close with five twenty nine, and we'll probably get to that with those jackpots and the twoing and throwing with that because that was on a knife's edge for quite some time. I'm pretty sure Toronto were were ahead for for quite a, a bit there as well, and sort of backwards and forwards. Um, just having a look at the MVPs of that one and Beta Nelson as well. You know, we mentioned. Her before, Lily King, Coleman Stewart um, was there as well. And Abby Wood, notable mention for the New York Breakers, as I said. Um, you know, they are trying. It's just a lack of depth at the moment that's probably keeping them away from the, the top of the la- uh, leaderboard.
1: Yeah, New York is struggling a bit this season um, without Michael Andrew, who's, who's been their star and, and their cornerstone for the last couple of seasons. He's sitting this one out um, post-Olympics. And, and similar to what we're seeing from Iron without Katinka Hoshu, as well, who's just been such a high point scorer over season one and season two the last few years. And she I don't think she's sitting out the whole year, um, whether she's going to come back and, and join in for some regular season matches or if um, Iron's in a position to, to win that play match for the semis. But it will be good to see Katinka get back in the water and, and race for her team. But obviously, she's probably coming off um, a disappointing year long course um she's multiple world record holder in, in so many events in the short course pool but we need to see her at her best um in order to iron to to climb up the ladder a little bit more but um yeah this was this was a two-horse race between cali and toronto um cali condors without caleb dressel for the whole match um so they had to replace him um in multiple events and and lots of men's relays and, and they actually got beaten by by toronto and in, in in both men's relays which was interesting to see like when you take out a guy that's so dominant and and so powerful and and so important on relays, it just made all the races a lot closer, a lot more unpredictable. Um, so it was good to see Toronto pushing them and and winning um, in those relay events. But the highlights in that for me, um, uh, in the skin, or well, Nicholas Santos again. We we can't talk about we we got to talk about him for. For the Iron Team, twenty-two o 0 in the 50 fly, just point two off his own world record at 41 years old. Like yeah. just continues to, to do his part and, and swim, swim, his, swim at a high level um, at huge age um, in that environment is, is incredible to see. And then Bita um, Nelson, like you said, the, the MVP of, of the match. So just to get different names um, out on top and, and she can swim all three backstroke distances. She's great on relay. She's got some butterfly ability. Um, just so versatile. So Dahlia beat Nelson again, and that's one-two in the skins for, for Cali Condor and the Butterfly skins. And that's where they just score so many of their points. Um, and in the backstroke for the men's skins, it was uh, Robert Glinter for for the Iron team just getting the touch over, over Coleman Stewart, which was somewhat of an upset. Um, Stewart being, like we spoke about, the world record holder over the 100. Um, you probably thought that, that he would be able to beat Glinter on that third 50, and it was – it was really close between the two of them, but it was just glinter on the touch. So um, good match, close again, um, Cali and Toronto. And and, and that was Cali's last regular season match. So they've secured a spot for, for the semifinals. So um, they'll have a couple of weeks off and then hit the semis um, later in the year.
0: Hey, we've mentioned some of the swimmers there and their age and, and how they're still performing so well, would you like to see? And I know I, you know I'm a big swimming fan, especially as I said from from back in the day. How good would it be to try and get some of the you know the older stars back out and, and on the blocks again? I mean, we're seeing some of the performances the swimmers are able to produce. Um, I'm sure some of these sprinters aren't you know training ten sessions a week, so they're, they're able to balance life and and make it work. Do you think something like the ISL or essentially next year with the ASL, you know, could be even? you know, boosted a hell of a lot more if we can try and get some of those bigger names back? Or do you think it's now time for the swimmers of today to, to make their own names?
1: Um, I think if you're good enough, you can you can warrant your spot on the team and, and race and you've got to perform. Um, doesn't matter who you are. You're only as good as the time that you can put up or in this format, the the number of points that you can score. So um, I, I think the, the profile of, that certain swimmer could do could be really important to bring the event up. Mm. Um and I'm just looking at a Michael be... Phelps.
0: I know he's got nothing else to prove, but you can't tell yeah. me that he would, if he got into a bit of shape, that he couldn't still <laughs> rip some pretty good races.
1: Yeah, that that'd be an interesting one. I, I think guys <laughs> like Phelps or people in that mindset, once he's in, he'd he'd have to be a hundred percent in. You know, there's <laughs> there's no there's no just dipping a toe in. It's um, 100% committed, which which I'm sure with family and and other opportunities he doesn't want to get into. But if you're a sprinter, then the door's always half open to jump in and do a 50. You know, uh, like I would I would have to imagine that Cameron vandenberg can jump in and go 26 low on a 50 breaststroke, which would be top three yeah. um, in in every single race. But but does a guy like that want to be top three or does he want to be number one, you mm-hmm. know, because if he wants to be number one, then he's going to have to drop a lot of other things that he's got going on in his life and then spend time travelling away from family and, you know, not be able to work a full-time job. So there's a lot that goes into it, but um, we've seen Flora Manadou come out of retirement to, to swim at a high level, win Olympic medals, um, and he can swim multiple events, um, short-course metres in an ISL format, um, another guy would be like a, a Cesar Cielo. Mm. Could um, I think he still swims? Like whether he would want to be a part of um, a format like this, and and we do see the Brazilian swimmers um, swim into their into their mid thirties, like Santos and Guido and Felipe Lima, and, and there's a lot of those um, Brazilian sprinters still doing it. Um, you know, in, in an ASL format next year, you know we might see Andrew Lauderstein swim or or Matt Target. Um, and that'll definitely raise the profile. It, it, it would have to um, and see these guys racing people half their age will be entertaining, but um, challenging for them at, at the same time. And um, who knows if I sell keeps growing to get bigger and bigger, it could entice some of these guys to, um, you know, every six months be a swimmer and then the other six months go back to a regular job, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm just chucking it out there. I think some of those names would be, um, you know, just brilliant in, in an ISL format. And as you said, you know, they don't have to, no doubt they're still got to work. I'm not saying they just show up and do, do nothing and get the, uh, the applause because, uh, you know, as you said, the mindset, they're not going to want to embarrass themselves. That's for sure. But uh, I definitely think there's a market there for them, especially the ASL. I want to get a meeting with me, you, and whoever's running the ASL, and let's just pitch some ideas because I think we've got some brilliant ones. Uh, mate, let's move on. Uh, match number eight, which is the the one we saw just the other day. Again, super, super close. Uh, Energy Standard coming out on top, 507. London Raw second with 486. There was really a race of, of two teams in the end. LA Current again still very, um, you know, very, very much in the mix, but I think missing... Uh, Maddie Wilson on that one did play a part. Uh, and Tokyo Frog Kings did pretty well, to be honest. They are only just below uh, LA Current. So, I mean, they're not getting blown away, the Frog Kings. They're just, again, not quite got the depth there. Um, when you look at... Um, you know, the, the MVP stands, Ingrid Wilm was there again, which you mentioned, Duncan Scott again killing it, Diaceto. I mean, what was happening? We've got to get Diaceto on the podcast and ask him what happened in Tokyo because he's setting the pool. I know it's short course, but he, he's doing such a brilliant job over there. It's almost night and day. Hey,
1: I, I would love to know, but I don't want to be the guy <laughs> asking Diaceto what happened. <laughs> no, I'll do it.
0: I'll do it. I'll chuck it out there. I seem to get away with those stupid questions somehow. <laughs>
1: No, nah, uh, setos he's an amazing swimmer. Uh, you know, we'll see what he can do over the next few years. May- maybe that, that home Olympics was just one bad performance. But, um, I mean, r- looking back, he, I think he was fourth in the 200 IM. So he was right there. And, and, and even thinking back to the 400 IM heat, he was, what, two, three body lengths ahead with 50 metres to go. And, and he just died. Or he said he switched off, but he had to die. Like five people overtook him. Mm. And he missed the final. But, um, you know, looking at, I'm sure he looks at that final and sees the 409 winning time and just shakes his head. Like how many times have we seen Diasetta go under 409 long yeah. course? But the um one
0: that got away.
1: Please, I'd love for you to interview him and ask him.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to try. It's harder to get, um, you know, the Japanese and Chinese swimmers. I do try my best, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll do my yeah. best.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, match eight, I think the best of the regular season matches so far was um, there were two, two battles going on there, Energy Standard, who always produce their best uh, at, at every single match. They don't want to get beaten at any point of the year. And the London Raw, who, who again, with Emma McKeon, Kyle Chalmers back in there, are almost at full strength. I, I think they're missing Petey. They're missing uh, Pregoda on the men. – they're very weak on the men's breaststroke side. But other than that, they're, they're pretty much at full strength.
0: I think maybe Tom raw. Dean's to come into that one as well, mate. Mm. I think he's coming yeah. in once finals time is around.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that would just add more depth um, in those relay events and, and he can swim the 200 and he's a really good short course 400-metre freestyle as well. And then um, for the LA Current, this was a chance that they had to beat Tokyo here for third to then lock up a guaranteed top four spot for the semifinals, which they are able to do. So that was a big battle going on there. And um, Tom Shields was was good enough to get the win in the butterfly skins at the end um, for his team to get third there. But this match was um, in, in the fallout. The interesting part was that London would have won this match without the jackpot rule. Um, so obviously with the jackpot rule, if you win by a certain um, uh, margin in any um, particular distance, then you steal the, the lower place swimmers' points. Mm. Um, so it's sort of like the rich get richer, the, the superstars get more and more points from the lower place swimmers. But on a normal point score, London would have actually beaten Energy Standard. Um, and, and both coaches actually came out and said they don't like the jackpot rule. Mm. Um, it's something that was brought in uh, last season. Um, there's, there's an added TV effect for it. Um, there's lots of points going everywhere. It's, um, it's very difficult to keep track of it. It does make it interesting, but this is the first time that we've seen the jackpot rule um, influence the outcome of, of an actual match. Um, so I think London will take confidence knowing that, hey, we can, uh, if we improve our depth a little bit more, we can actually compete with these top teams and, and they're a chance at winning the title this year.
0: Mate, I'm absolutely um, very excited for the London Raw coming into the finals. You know, we just spoke about those names coming back into the team. We know, obviously, the Aussies that have gone over have had a bit of a break and they're probably going to be warming to the task, you know, after a, f- a few more weeks of just getting back in and turning the arms over and training as well and just getting back into the grind of it all. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely very excited to see how, how London um, are going to go. Yeah, mate, the jackpots, I mean, yeah, for me – as you said, it just makes the rich get richer. Um, and, you know, maybe when they first thought of it, you know, they didn't see it going this way, um, but that's certainly the way it's going at the moment. And it's not really helping anyone other than, you know, the, the teams that are going in as favourites.
1: Yeah, that's it. And, and Energy Standard are definitely the, the, the roster with the most stars, you know, um, with, the, with the most stars across the men's and women's side. they got LeClo. Laclau- Manadu, Rilov, Klesnikov, um, on the women's side, Sarah Sostrom, Jorge, um, the list just goes on and on. So it, it helps them a lot and, and in this match it was enough to to swing the tide. But um, there were some good races nonetheless as, as we go through here. Um,
0: you just mentioned all those names. You started. didn't even mention Shimanovich, who was the <laughs> he was the MVP of this one I think for Energy Standard.
1: Oh yeah, well I've, <laughs> I've just got not, noted down here. Is He was only 0.3 and 0.4 off both sprint breaststroke world records um, so he's a guy that's you know was was in the olympic final but wasn't winning medals he's he's not a long course superstar but in short mm. course he's he's a big six foot six powerful guy and he's a big um, unit. you know yeah he's a big unit and he's definitely targeting um these short course ex- explosive events to to make his um to make his presence known um, for the london team emma mckean was faster than she was last year uh, last week so She's on the improve again, like you said, just just racing herself into shape. And, and Carl Chalmers was, um, was really impressive, actually, through so, racing in a beard. has got a couple of new tattoos, got the hair dyed, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. But um, 20.80 in the 53, um, like I didn't know Carl had that sort of speed and, and his skills were that good. And, and, again, what sort of training has he even done in the last, uh, what is it, 10 or 12 weeks since, since Tokyo? And um, a highlight was uh, his split in that, that men's medley relay on the first day, um, chasing down Manadou uh, on the freestyle leg. Carl Spitz, 44-9, um, takes two seconds off Manadu, but just misses on the touch by 0.06. Um, and those medley relays, there's so much on the line because the winner obviously ultimately gets to pick what stroke the skins are the next day, and, and those skins are worth um, three times the amount of points as, as a normal event, so... A lot hinges on those medley relays. Um, uh, um, Yeah, on those medley relays. And and then, as we said, Tom Shields won the men's butterfly skins and and Ingrid Wilm uh, won the backstroke skins for the women. So that's the LA Current winning uh, both skins events, which was good for them.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the, the skins in a moment. And I've got a podcast coming out this week on Off the Blocks with Kyle Chalmers. Had a chat with him the other day, which was really exciting for me. And just having a chat to him about what he loves about being a part of the ISL. And you can definitely see that sort of AFL background that he has. He loves being around a team. He, he really enjoys that team environment. Um, so I, there's no doubt, you know, him getting up and swimming some of these times uh, is maybe more mental than it is physical as well. Just how excited he is. He's racing for his teammates. He's racing for, you know, for his friends, um, it's not so much individual. Um, and I definitely came away from that conversation with him thinking, you know, he's, he's not over there for a paycheck. He actually really enjoys, you know, being around the team and, and that sort of different environment, which is something we don't have here in Australia.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think the the coaching staff in South Australia have done a really good job to put that team environment around him, um, in his daily training environment in, in Adelaide. Yeah. But um, to come from a, a shoulder surgery in January, to get back into the grind of training, um, to, to perform the way he did at the Olympics, winning multiple medals, second in the 100 freestyle. Um, and now he's just on a racing circuit. So I'm sure for, for a lot of the swimmers, particularly the Australians, um, you know, they, they did basically seven, eight months of, of training this year, not to mention obviously last year and the last five years. Uh, to peak for the olympic games take a bit of a probably a mental and an emotional break coming home and then go back over to europe race isl race the world cups race world short course at the end of the year the isl finals and and it's enjoyable for them you know they're in shape they're in the best shape of their lives they're they're having fun um they're they're not in lockdown in australia that's for sure Mm. um they're in a team environment and um they're racing fast like no one, um, none of these big name swimmers are, are over there, um, you know, coming seventh and eighth in their races. They're, they're really performing for their team. So that's a credit to, um, to the culture of, of the ISL and, and the culture of the London Roar as well.
0: Man, absolutely. And I don't want to get stuck on talking about Kyle, but I, the other thing I left that conversation, just for all the listeners out there, I left that conversation with Kyle thinking, God help everybody moving forward in the men's 100 metre freestyle. The fact that he came second he, he definitely has a, you know, a steely eye about him that, that sort of reinvigorated his, his enthusiasm and passion for swimming. Not that he didn't give everything. He walked away, obviously, essentially at first a bit, you know, gutted. He'd given everything he had and he wants to be number one. But he walked away from that now with another target going, okay, well, I've got you know, three more years and, and this is where I want to be at. So uh, that's a scary proposition for everyone and all the men swimming 100-meter freestyle. That is for sure. Now, mate, I've got a few different notes here that I wanted to, you know, throw past you. And the first one is um, the skins that you talked about. Talk to me about that. Is there too much points, you know, can be one either way? D- does that, you know, we've mentioned obviously the jackpots and stuff. There's a lot of things that I think, you know, the, the general viewer who watches these, like myself on KO, who's just like, oh, a bit of swimming, let's watch. Some of these things probably don't make sense to people, especially when you're doing the skins. I understand skins, but the points that they carry, do you think that has a, a little bit too much of an effect on the overall result? I, I think so. I I think, you know, you've got to give
1: the ISO credit for trying new ideas and and offer different um entertaining ways to, to make swimming non-traditional, which, it, which is 100% what this is, is non-traditional swimming racing. But for, for me, um, probably more from a traditional background, but the skins, with you can jackpot in the skins. So some of these um, dominant swimmers in the skins events, like a Dressel or a Sostrom or, or different people, they're coming out with 50 plus points um, just from that skins. And they do have to race three times. I understand that, but it's worth three or four times an individual event, you know. And for me, that's just a little bit too heavy. It's it's just weighted too heavy on those skins and on, on those big name stars. And, and I think if it was just maybe double points, then there's not as big an emphasis um, on that. And generally, as we're going through the matches, whoever gets the most points through the men's and women's skins is already – the number one team in the match you know yeah. so basically if you can top the points um across both skins events it, it's it's a representation of that you're probably the best team already as it is so again is it making are these points scoring features making the rich richer and and struggling for everybody else we, we very rarely see a team from new york a swimmer from new york or dc win the skins events you know mm. um, so it's it takes it it gets a little bit difficult to track but I like the idea of it, but it wouldn't surprise me in future seasons to just see little tweaks here to the point scoring, added features here. Um, And I do like that from the ICEL. It it is going to take them a good five or six years to to perfect their formula um, for, I guess, for for swimmers and coaches, but also as an entertainment and, and viewership, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important fact, mate, you bring up there. And, you know, I've been very vocal in asking these questions to even swimmers about, you know, what sort of things they'd like to see implemented. And that's not me shit canning the ISL. I actually really enjoy it. And we're already just up to season three. So no doubt when you get to season bloody 20, you know, the product is going to look you know, similar, but with, you know, some differences, it might be those sort of kinks might be ironed out by that stage. I mean, you look at bloody the NRL and we, you know, mean you love football, that's still got its own issues that they're dealing with. And that's, you know, that's a hundred years into the, into the season started. So, um, there's no doubt those sort of things will be ironed out as they go just on that while I'm asking that question. If you were the, uh, mate, the CEO of the ISL or you're the big boss man over there and you're going to create some rules or make some changes or I just put the hat on you one day and said, Bobby, mate, you are the man today. What changes would you like to see? Is there anything you'd implement? Is there anything, might not even be a change. You might just go, you know what, I, I want to put this in there. Um,
1: I, I think for me, I, I want to know who's swimming. You know, I want to know more information about, the individuals in the race. So their their name on the screen or, or a bit more of a focus on on the individuals within the team. And, and with that, just to promote the racing, if um if they weren't in set lanes where you could actually seed it fastest to slowest. And, and whether that actually a, again, that's it's a traditional format. I know they're trying to go away from that. But um will that create more rivalry? Will we then we get to see Dressel and Leclerc go head to head. We get to see McKeon and Jorge go head to head um and will that promote better racing and and a better entertainment spectacle um i think that could could be good and then yeah like like we mentioned it it sounds like from the coaches over there that they might um change that jackpot rule in the future um a lot of them aren't too happy with it and and again as we spoke about for me not putting as much emphasis on on the skins events um um you know we we spoke about uh, pre-podcast about four by 50 meter relays instead yeah. of four by 100s um you know how do we individualize each match even can can certain teams you know draw draw a team out of the hat they get to pick what relays that we're swimming for that meet you know and all of a sudden there's a four by 200 meter relay in here or there's a four by 50 meter relay in here um do they want to go down that path and um and do something like that or out of the four teams in each match, um, they can pick one event each where it's double points, you know, so you you, you pick your best swimmer and, and go double points. There's, there's a lot that you can do there. Um, you know, you can't do all at once, and, mm. and I give them full credit for experimenting, but um, there's still little ways to go.
0: A hundred percent. Mate, just on that sort of lane allocation, and I'll keep going back to the Kyle, this isn't me, you know, promoting the Kyle Chalmers interview, by the way, that's coming out this week. But, you know, we, we did talk about, you know, would that, you know, do you think the result may have been a little bit different had, you know, uh, you've been in lane, you know, maybe number three or whatever it might have been because obviously, you know, we know that he, he wasn't in the lane next to him and he was breathing away in the final in Tokyo. And there's there's no doubt that he thinks it could have made a difference. I mean, he's not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, I would have won because, you know, the better man won on the day and, and that is rightly so um, Caleb Dressel. But, you know, he definitely thinks being in in a better lane would have helped him. Do you think, you know, as we just talked about then, those lane allocations, is it going to make a bit more exciting having, as you said, you know, um, Sarah Showstrom next to uh, Siobhan Jorge next to Emma McKeon, you know, in those middle lanes rather than, oh, no, Emma, you've got to go over to here, mate, because that's where the roar are. And Siobhan, you've got to go over here. And I think, you know, to your point, that would help, eh?
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely in the 200 and 400s as a a spectacle, it looks better um, with the better swimmers in the middle of the pool racing normally. You know, it's in the sprint events, not so much. You can play some some cat and mouse. You can get some clean water out wide. Um, Maybe people can't see you in in certain lanes. But, you know, in a 400 IM and lane four is like five seconds behind after the 100 metres of butterfly, it it looks a little bit weird, you know. Yeah. but, yeah, well, you're making me really uh, keen for this Carl Chalmers interview to come out. But, I mean, th- I didn't the mean argument. To be, I
0: didn't mean for this <laughs> to be me promoting it. It's just everything you keep saying sort of reminds me of the stuff we did have a chat about.
1: Yeah, yeah. The argument the argument to that is, is—is um, you know, he ultimately controls what lane he's in for the final. You know, if he swims quicker, he'd be in the middle. Or, you know, if, if he was able to breathe both sides, like we've seen you go back to 2004 and you watch Thorpey race and he breathes both sides and his 200 and 400. He just looks at Hoogenband in the 200 free final. He just looks at Hackett in the 400 mm. free and on the last 50 breathes to his good side and, and wins. Um, and and I've seen the, the best swimmers, especially the best freestylers have that ability to breathe both sides. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I I agree with you and with Carl that it could have made a difference, but you know, there were certain decisions that that led to him being being out that wide, but we all know what the rules are before we go in. You know, we all know what the lane assignments are going to be. It's it's not like that. That was not out of Carl's control. You know what lane? Yeah, was in, in the his defence, he does and mention he would say that, that, that.
0: Yeah, the semi wasn't probably his yeah. be his best race, and that's that's what led to it uh, for sure, uh, mate. The other thing I want to mention, I just want to give a a wrap to you. Were talking about their sort of you know helping understand the the swimmers and. Um, all that sort of stuff. I do think the commentators, although at times a little bit overzealous for my liking, it's a jackpot, my God. All right, fair enough, mate. It's a jackpot. I'll get it. It was just Aussies. We're not that sort of that that way inclined. But I do think they're doing a good job in terms of trying to you know speak about the race itself the the competitors in the race it's not too technical we're not getting really too stuck Mm on you know technical aspects of swimming which i like because as the common man probably isn't too you know interested in you know how far they're going to go underwater and what efficiency and what stroke rate are they holding and all that sort of stuff so yeah just from an outsider's perspective um, i do think they're doing a decent job of trying to at least educate us about the swimmers and and what they're good at and what they're not good at.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's, um it's, it's been exciting and, you know, American commentators are always loud and over the top and, and exciting. And and that's
0: what this I think format I a of heart swimming attack made if someone just sitting next to me as I was commentating, it's going, it's a my God, it's a jackpot. Like, God damn it. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't say so I don't what, think I heard you ca- like carrying on like that in uh, 2019. That's for sure. I mean, you did a good job, <laughs> and I've told you, I'll pump your tires up. But yeah, it's just not the Aussie way, really, is it? I'm not shit yeah. canning them. It's just not the way we do things.
1: No, it's um and you know, short course commentating is, is definitely different to long course as well, because you get less free time, free swimming time to actually yeah. talk about someone's technique or, or stroke um in between the laps. But this one, it's it's so fast patient, action-packed and flashing lights everywhere and 3d logos going on the screen it's um it's different to what we're used to seeing you know and and i guess it needs to be commentated differently but um um in this sport it's you know the the principles are the same that the racing's the same the stroke is the same but they can actually um i guess guide the viewer as to what they're actually watching and and um and what they're focusing on but it's, um, it's just race after race, um, you know, obviously no medal presentations, no interviews, um, no, lane, no swimmer names coming up as they walk out, um, they're only getting 10 or 20 seconds to take their clothes off and race, so it's, it's a just a different format and it'll probably take a bit of time for people to get used to watching it, you know.
0: Yeah, it's a fast pace, that's for sure. And as I said, yeah, I think they're doing a great job. The commentators over there of helping the common man, you know, sort of understand. Uh, mate, listen, I think we'll uh, call it a day there. We've spoken for quite some time. Uh, we've wrapped up, as I said, matches five all the way through to eight. Um, looking forward to obviously the playoffs aren't too far away. Mate, just give me a, a quick one before you go. What, who are your predictions for the – I think two teams miss out, don't they? They get kicked out after the first playoffs?
1: No. So um, the top six are locked in for the semis. Yeah. Um, they go automatically through to the semifinals. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, so the top four already locked in. That's, uh, that's Energy Standard, Cali Condors, London Raw and LA Current. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Toronto is sitting pretty comfortably in five. So someone else is going to be an automatic semifinalist. And then the bottom four teams have a match and the top two go into the semifinals from there.
0: Okay. So, so based um, off that one. Yeah. Based off that one before we go, who who gets knocked out there? Who who doesn't go through?
1: Oh, uh, I think it's I think it's New York and DC, you know, unfortunately yep. for them. Um, I think Tokyo, you know, led by Diceto, they got more resolved. they they're pretty strong. Um, Iron and Aqua Centurions, Aqua based in Italy, they've they've had some pretty respectable performances so far as well. So so they're going to be strong. But um, you know, I guess as you look at the league, maybe maybe four American teams is a little bit too deep yeah
0: absolutely mate i won't keep you because that's a conversation that'll go for another bloody hour you and me working out how we can uh, work on the depth in the teams thank you very much mr bobby hurley um, our expert analyst mate we'll definitely be catching up again soon to go through matches 9 10 and 11 of the regular season of the isl thank you bobby for joining me today for a chat and thank you everybody for listening
1: thanks robbie see ya